Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to American Medicine Today, presented by the Bonatti Spine Institute, featuring internationally acclaimed inventor of the Bonatti Spine Procedures, Alfred Bonatti, MD. Once again, your host, Kimberly Bermel Bonatti, and co-host Ethan Euchre and Jeff Wagstaff. Thank you so much for joining us on American Medicine Today. I'm Kimberly Bonatti, alongside both Ethan Euchre and world-renowned orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Alfred Bonatti. A newly released book has been described as a riveting account of the COVID crisis from one of the top Trump advisors who first sounded the China pandemic alarm, exposed Dr. Fauci's destructive actions, and laid the bare facts about the 2020 presidential election. Joining us to discuss is Peter Navarro, former assistant of President Trump and author of In Trump Time, a journal of America's plague year. Thank you for joining us on the program. Kimberly and crew, such a pleasure. Uh, just on a, um, a side note, a uh, lo- little local stuff, the, um, the woman who was the editor on the book, Kate, Kate Hartson, uh, All Seasons Press, actually lives right in the area there. And the book uh, came about in part because Kate and her uh, partner, mm-hmm. Louise uh, Burke, who's the CEO, uh, were canceled. They were two of the most successful people in the publishing industry um, uh, with conservative books and um, along came cancel culture. They were gone. And uh, now we got the new book in Trump time. And um, I really appreciate talking to your audience today. Mm-hmm. Well, we're glad to have you here. Now, as one of only three top level officials by President Trump's side, can you take us inside what was going on in the White House when the pandemic first hit? Must have been chaos. <laughs> yeah, no chaos. We, I think that's one of the myths that in Trump time the book will explode because I will show that from the get-go uh, we were very uh, mindful of the dangers and, and we're on point and on mission. And the book, it starts with what I call the Red Wedding chapter for the Game of Thrones fans. It's chapter one. I'm sitting in the East Wing of the White House. On stage is President Trump. He's sitting next to Chinese Vice Premier Leo Ha. And they're there ostensibly to sign this skinny trade deal, right? And I'm sitting in the audience. Uh, Normally, I don't sweat much at all. That day, I was in an absolute cold sweat. And the reason uh, had to do with the fact that, that I was looking at Intel um, that was showing the Wuhan crematoria working overtime, uh, serious uh, intel telling us there was a dangerous virus on the loose. And I myself, uh, 14 years earlier, um, in a book I'd written in 2006, actually predicted communist China would uh, spark a viral pandemic that would kill millions, right? So it's January 15th. I'm on high alert, and I'm looking at these commies sitting on the on the stage and that's exactly how i think of them because i'm thinking what do these guys know that we don't about the virus Mm -hmm. could they be infected if so why are they shaking my hand and much less the president's and here's the thing the thing i was thinking most with visions of chernobyl 
the Twin Towers and Pearl Harbor all going through my head is, was this possibly a bioweapon attack to take down a, the, the only president in American history who is taking head on the communist Chinese? And that's how In Trump Time begins. And we slide right into Chapter 2 with my first um, encounter and showdown with a man who I regard the most evil man in America. That's Tony Fauci. <laughs> and I fought him in there uh, on, the, on the China travel ban. And then from there, uh, I will I make the strong case that we, you know, we were working on the vaccines, mm-hmm. therapeutics, PPE, ventilators. And the president, behind the scenes, was fully engaged. Uh, beginning um, as early as the middle of the middle of January. Well, and, and like you said, you were instrumental in instituting that. Did you want to go, Doc? Yeah, go ahead. My bad. <laughs> no, let's reset. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Doc. Uh, Mr. Navarro. Yes, sir. One thing that I I really I, I I have a question in my mind since day number one on this. Is this situation necessary? Is the president uh, make a mistake taking the health care instead to just allow this thing to go through without really any any major issue? We knew that it will be people will die. We knew by the virus that happened before when Obama was president, he said, to the media, not talk about. They say no vaccination about. They say nobody makes any issues about. And what really happened is they create a natural immunity, and then the virus disappeared. Why he was so strong in that situation that cost him the presidency? Interesting question. Let me let me simply give you my perspective. Uh, put you in the uh, in the White House uh, a few weeks after my showdown with Fauci in the sit room. I'm February 9th. I'm sitting in my office uh, drafting a series of memos. We know at that point in the fog of war that a pandemic is likely. At least I did and was saying so. And so, what do you do there? Well, one of the obvious things you're going to try to do is develop a vaccine. Uh, and so one of the first memos I wrote on behalf of the president uh, outlined uh, the, the uh, pathway to get a vaccine. And I predicted in that memo, check this out, that we could have a vaccine as early as October or November to do it in Trump time, which is yes. the, 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 the book, of course, but it's a term I coined to get stuff done as quickly as possible. Now, mm-hmm. Doc, here's what I knew at the outset. I knew that whatever vaccine we developed uh, would be an imperfect tool. Um, our thought was that, uh, that it would be best used only by the people the virus would attack most viciously, and mm-hmm. as that would turn out, it would be the elderly and people with comorbidities. But, but we also, in those memos, were uh, really insistent on getting widespread and immediate use of low-cost therapeutics and pill and tablet form that you could use at home. And that's where the the whole issue of hydroxychloroquine came up. That stuff is a lifesaver. It would have worked if we had been allowed uh, to use it. And so um, part of my point here is that never, never did I believe as I was helping to get 
that vaccine developed in Trump time, uh, that it would be used as a weapon, economic, cultural, and social, against the American people. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we, we weren't at the point where we were discussing vaccines versus herd immunity by natural causes. Mm-hmm. We were just trying to move that vaccine uh, along. And, um, you know, my view on the vaccine at this point, being somebody who helped develop it, I'm not anti-vax at all. I think that, that senior citizens where the death rate increases exponentially should, should do it under physician's care by their own choice, people with comorbidities. But it's insane, perhaps you'll agree with me, Doc, to give the force the vaccine upon anybody who's already had the virus. They've got mm-hmm. 20 times the antibodies. Why would you do that? So there, there was a lot going on early on uh, behind the scenes, and um, you know, we were moving very quickly on all those fronts, yet the media was constantly criticizing us for downplaying um, the virus and, and not acting quickly enough. Mm-hmm. With Fauci, I mean, to me, he's pure evil. He has misled the public from the beginning, I think on purpose, so that Trump wouldn't be reelected. And President Trump was so keen on everything. But then he listened to Fauci and he shut down the country. And quite honestly, I think that's where he made a misstep. And, and we absolutely love and support President Trump. But Fauci is just this evil man, do as I say, not as I do, going to games, not wearing his mask. And when he's caught without it, he goes, oh, I took it off because I was sipping a drink. Meanwhile, there's no drink or food in his hands. Right. Yeah, let me, let me, let me talk a little bit about Fauci. Because whatever, whatever you believe, um, evil you think he is, mm-hmm. it's even worse <laughs> than that. I'm sure. Because That's I scary. had repeated showdowns with him. You may remember from those times I was the only one inside the White House who publicly challenged him, mm-hmm. took a lot of heat for that. But every time I challenged him, he was wrong and I was right. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's why. It's like, it's like the flip-flops on the mask, the, the, the stringent lockdowns, all of that. That's just missteps. That's just, that's just wrong. But here's what he did the worst, Okay. I want to go back to the Situation Room on January 28th. The boss says, go there, convince the task force to support the China travel ban, right? Mm -hmm. So I walk in there, and Mulvaney's down at the end of the table. He's the acting chief of staff heading the meeting. I got Pompeo's guy on my left shoulder. I got Redfield from the CDC across the table. Azar, Health and Human Services Secretary. This little guy with round glasses sitting across from me at high noon symbolic as it would turn out and i didn't know he walked on water didn't know he was the thing didn't know he was the darling of the left-wing media he didn't have a glow around his head no well there was a bit of a halo there but i thought it might just bad bend the the lighting but two minutes i'm in i'm having a violent argument it's a shouting match with this sob Mm -hmm. and he's like adamant no we don't need the travel ban they don't work and i'm going Dude, and I called him dude. It's like, <laughs> what? What is this? Twenty thousand people coming in every day to New York and Chicago and LAX uh, from China. For a lot of them infected. You tell me we don't want to take them down. Mm-hmm. And right. and that's how I how I met St. Fauci. Now here's what's important about that date, and here's what I know now that I didn't know then. On that very same date, January 28, twenty twenty, Fauci got an email from a. a prestigious researcher who told him flat out this thing was genetically engineered, right? Now, at that point, with that piece of information, Fauci knew for a fact 
that that virus in all probability came from the Wuhan lab. He knew that because he funded that lab and he funded the gain-of-function experiments, which were going there to turn harmless bat viruses into human killers, right? So here's the point. That SOB never, ever told the president, didn't tell me, didn't tell the task force. And more importantly, he engaged in a very systematic cover-up that involved everything from the World Health Organization and Nature magazine uh, to suppress uh, the, the lab leak theory, as it was called at the time. And here's the point. If I had known then what I know now, the president and I could have crafted a completely different strategy. We could have saved hundreds of thousands of additional lives, millions worldwide, and that's all on Fauci. So he not only helped create the pandemic with his gain-of-function experiments, he hid and covered that up. And by the way, that's, that, I'm just getting started on that <laughs> SOB. He was the guy who suppressed hydroxychloroquine. Yes, ivermectin. The vaccine. Yes. And he just, I mean, he did everything he could to undermine Donald John Trump and take him out. And now uh, he's, the, he's the top health official in the country. Uh, but look, if, if, the, if the In Trump Time book succeeds, okay, one of the missions of the In Trump Time book Everybody go out and order it on Amazon. Give it to a friend, particularly the ones who don't like Trump. Mm-hmm. Let everybody read that, and, and there will be a large clamor to take Fauci out from his perch at NIH, put him in a chair on Congress, strap him in, make him confess his crimes, and then send him in an orange jumpsuit to prison for lying to Congress because he Amen. lied to Congress. I wish, I wish that would come true. This man has lied to the American people. He knows it. And then he tells us, maybe, maybe we can get together at the holidays. Maybe families <laughs> we have, we have can blessing. function. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he's well, so sick and twisted. Well, we need to get twisted. rid of him by Christmas so he can't kill Christmas. Yes. And by the way, I think his best use between now and then would be to send him down to the border, put a customs and border protection <laughs> uniform on him, let him yes. hand out masks. Mm-hmm. Give vaccinations to the two million illegal aliens that are yeah. flooding over our borders. Keep them away from our children. Mm-hmm. Keep him away from forcing six-year-olds to breathe carbon dioxide yes. through Fauci masks. Mm-hmm. Stop him from jabbing teenagers with a with a vaccine mm-hmm. which has risks. It's an experimental vaccine. Yes, which has risks attached with it. Mm-hmm. And just get him out of the public eye. He's just toxic, poison, evil. Needs to be gone amen and we can put him with those that are not vaccinated and maybe he can go chumming around what was it mcdonald's with the infected covid people <laughs> with the you know that that yeah. he thinks are okay coming in over the border to infect our people mm-hmm. and he was also noted for saying in that wearing masks for all that time uh makes it so that people develop pneumonia mm. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a train wreck, and I, I give you the receipts in the In Trump Time book. Uh, just uh, l- really, if everybody just just read it and then give it to a friend, right? Yes. You don't have to buy it. Just buy, just buy it once and give it to ten. Let it spread to ten people. It will take Fauci out. It will make yes. communist China pay them, pay us the trillions of dollars they owe mm-hmm. us. And you know, there's plenty of other uh, villains in the In Trump Time book 
uh, that people need to know about. I was I was the uh, only one of three people in the White House who was with the president from the campaign all the way to the end of his first term. I saw it all, and um, there, there's things that people need to know about the Trump White House. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, look, here we are with Biden, right? First of all, Joe, it's harder than it looks. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And then what is it you didn't like about Trump? Was it the secure borders? The strong economy <laughs> with rising yes. real wages for blue-collar Americans, mm-hmm. peace with Iran, uh, no mm-hmm. nuclear missiles flying out of North Korea, yeah. it's cracking down on communist China. Uh, well, you know what? <laughs> what? Oh, oh, those mean tweets. Oh, mean sorry. tweets. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, what right, he. Right. Rather have rather have Joe Biden screw up the border, <laughs> Afghanistan, mm-hmm. China, the economy. Let's mm-hmm. go, Brandon. Else in between. Yeah, the the nationalized <laughs> chance. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, it, I think he hated the fact that Donald Trump could show that the country could thrive when they were hearing from Obama that it's impossible and you need a magic wand. Mm-hmm. And Biden was part of that regime, and here he is again. Um, just what a nightmare. Yes. Well, you know, my mission in the In Trump Time book uh, on Amazon, by the way, is to take them out. And look, um, it's it, it help me out, too, with this book, because I'm fighting the uh, the left wing media. I'm fighting the uh, the cancel culture publishing industry, mm-hmm. which won't allow voices uh, such as mine to, to get out to your your people mm-hmm. out there in, in your listener land, and we've got to show uh, these these left wing forces that the Trump voices will be heard. Yes, and that's the in Trump time book. We we, we need to speak with our voice because um, there's no question in my mind. Uh, the last third of the in Trump time book deals with the issue of election integrity. Yes. There's no question in my mind. Peter, um, Peter I'm going to thousands of pages of stuff that uh, mm-hmm. that there was problems with that election. We agree. You were you were so close to it. But I'm going to ask you something that disturbed me terrible through the whole presidency. Why he select such a mediocre attorney general, mm. and why he did the second time the same. And why he was not brutally, brutally, like the Democrats are, acting against people that they lie and they are corrupted and put them in jail. Why he was stopping that one? I have no idea if the president cannot put that type of a power, why he didn't do it. Well, to, to be honest, uh, I deal with that uh, candidly in uh, in the In Trump Time book. Uh, there's an expression you probably heard before, personnel is policy. Are you familiar with that expression? Yeah. yeah. Well, I in the book, I talk about how bad personnel is bad policy and bad politics. And, you know, there was just, you know, when, when um, the president got elected, um, we, we came into office. Um, with the Republican National Committee effectively working against our purposes. And there were just some mistakes made based on um, bad advice given to the president. You know, it's kind of garbage in, garbage out. You know, people were telling him Jim Mattis would be good to a point. I mean, that guy at the Pentagon, he was a, he was a train wreck. I mean, it's like Tillerson was a train wreck. 
Kelly, his chief of staff, was a train wreck. But he had but he a train had, wreck. I mean, I could <clears throat> go down the list. Um, and, yes, the president but, appointed them, but it was on the advice of trusted advisors. That, Mnuchin, I mean, Mnuchin in and of himself was a train wreck, but um, Mnuchin was responsible for the hiring of Jay Powell at the Federal Reserve. And that man cost us millions of jobs and, and strong growth with, with really bad decisions. So, Doc, I share, I share some of your frustration, and that's part of the reason why um, I wrote the In Trump Time book. I, I, don't, I don't hold anything back there, but that's the answer to your question. Bad I, I hope, I hope that bad politics. Yeah, but I hope that this time he learned the lesson. I hope this time he look at the people who really support him because if he will put the mayor of uh, New York as a, a general attorney, attorney general, I mean. Rudy uh, Giuliani. Yeah, if Rudy Giuliani will be, I promise you, nothing of all this nightmare that he went for years will ever happen because he will clean the garbage so fast. Well, thank you so much for being on the program, Peter Navarro. Thank you for taking the time to tell us really what Dr. Fauci was all about and give us an inside look at the Trump presidency. Hopefully, we'll get him back in the Oval Office where he belongs. Thank you for watching and listening to American Medicine Today. Check us out next Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern on Newsmax. And you can always check out American Medicine Today via the iHeartRadio app at keyword AMT. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.